News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Welcome to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. I'm Alan Gilbreth with... <laughs> what are you pointing at? You're waving your arms. I'm with uh, darkoakmedia.com. And I'm Maximilian. Apparently, Joe wanted me to give me an intro. Okay. Yeah. I was pointing at him, Alan, not you. All of a sudden, his arms start waving. I'm like, are we on the air? What? I'm tired of introducing Max. He can do it himself. <laughs> can, Excellent. Yeah. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And, of course, we invite you to go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and uh, give us a like. Check out all the action over there. And you can also see our must-have item of the week, which I already uh, I already posted, Alan. It's, Excellent. Uh, it's up there. And um, uh, what else, Alan? That's that's the best way. Just check it out. Give us a like. Go to tooltalkradio.com if you feel like it. Send us mm-hmm. messages. We'll get into all that, you know, as the show uh, as the show unfolds. Well, Alan, um, we've got another. Um, we, we got some interesting. We got an interesting lineup here. We've got our uh, confession hotline continues oh. to. Uh, People are purging for our amusement. So we've got an interesting one involving painting. And this is the first one from a female listener. So this Ooh, is wonderful. This will be cool. Um, Alan, you you told me uh, in our uh, exhaustive show prep last night that it's time to talk about USBs in oh, the yes, home. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I think, it's, so I think we're overdue, honestly. Yes. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna do that. We've got a, a cool must-have item of the week, and then Alan, we're gonna talk about the role of a contractor. It goes beyond just trying to sell you their services or whatever. The the, the uh, helping you see the bigger picture and things like that. And um, you know, I think it's gonna be an interesting discussion of what happens when a contractor shows up at your house in 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 the best case scenario. You know. True, true. I've, I've got several good examples loaded up and waiting for you. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and as we say, we would love to talk to you at our uh, big M roofing and remodeling uh, hotline at 901-683-0989. So it's all coming at you today on Tool Talk Radio. But before we get to any of that. And now, Tool Talk Radio's weekly salute. At some point, everyone needs a space of their own. After spending the first six years of his marriage living with his mother-in-law, Ralph Cramden found a space that he and his wife Alice could call their own at 328 Chauncey Street. I think that's the address. I I haven't drilled in my memory, Alan, but (laughs) when Darth Vader needs a space Mm -hmm. of his own to regenerate his burned and mutilated body after a hard day of enslaving the galaxy, (laughs) he retires to his private uh, Bacta tank. Mm -hmm. I think that's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When Max, the producer, needs a space of his own (laughs) to do some target practice with ninja throwing stars, break two-by-fours with his forehead or slice discarded mannequins in half with a samurai sword. (laughs) Mm, Those were the days. He retreats to his favorite abandoned warehouse behind the Dairy Queen. How else am I going to figure out whether or not my katana can slice through 50 um, bodies? Exactly. You need to know these things, Alan. And, of course, when Alan Gilbreth decided Mm. that he'd like a quiet space of his own, he drew inspiration from the famous Bat Cave and constructed a 20,000 square foot subterranean headquarters under his backyard, even go- even going so far as they built to build a robot named Alfred to manage the space for him. Unfortunately, however, Alan would soon discover that he had made some crucial errors when downloading the Android's personality software. 
most notably the sense of humor software, which he set to level 10, the appreciation of irony software, which he set to level nine, and the rational thinking software, which he inadvertently set to level one, <laughs> leading Alfred to formulate one day that it would be highly amusing to turn off the headquarters sub pump, run a fire hose down the ventilation shaft, flood the entire structure, and top off the gag by dropping in several hundred piranhas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To Alan's credit, however, he did not deactivate Alfred, opting instead to gift the robot to his least favorite cousin, Montague Gilbreth III. <laughs> you never liked that guy, did you? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he needed help with his pond. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes, no matter who we are, having a space of our own is, a, is, a, is good for our mental well-being. And this is also true for our dogs. How's that for a hard left turn, Alan? Mm -hmm. For good. millennia, canines have been our trusted companions who often love nothing more than to spend time with their owners. However, sometimes even they need a little time to themselves. My friends, we give you the doghouse. Yeah. I don't know, man. Okay. That's... I will say this, her deep fried piranha is really tasty. Sure. I knew okay. you'd make the best of the situation. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, Alan, <laughs> and, and off the air, we got to talk about this robot problem. Yeah, well, had. you know. Um, anyway, so, Alan, the doghouse I thought was worthy of a salute. It's part of many people's homes. And, um, the it, it, the history of it's actually pretty interesting. So well, it, it, well, it, it it's kind of a gateway topic. It really gets into how to live with critters. Yeah, absolutely. Of you know, early early on, of course, you know, um, I'm thinking like movies like of uh, the the one with Heath Ledger where he's a knight running around and they're talking about living in the hut with the chickens and the pigs underneath it. Right. And, yeah, you know, so, uh, <laughs> you know, what to do with your critters has been a huge topic for since we've ever had them. Yeah, and you know, let's face it, dogs have fleas. We really don't want those. No, no, I probably don't. So, so yeah, well, you know, the horse is nice, nice and warm, but let's face it, the horse has a slight issue. Yeah, we don't want them in the yeah, house. Yeah, either, we don't want so. those guys in the house. So. Well, you know, so how to keep them close and and also best how to utilize their senses. Oh, absolutely. Cuz you mean, know, you don't want that bear wandering in. Right, right. I mean, they're sort of a um they're sort of an alarm system, they're sort exactly. of whatever. But uh when I was doing some research on the on the history of the doghouse, that of course, you know, the first ones were they either lived inside or they just kind of found their own way outside. Right. And then some people started make they said um uh, over the millennia, they'd build like mud huts for them or something right. like that. Or, or you know, uh, then what I learned that was interesting, though, is uh, during the Industrial Revolution, it started to become kind of mainstream. They started to manufacture these and mass produce yes. dog mm -hmm. houses, which um, I, I just wonder the marketing on that. It's pretty interesting when you think well, about like 1800s marketing and everything, uh, you know, what that looked like. But you also have to think the dogs also changed at that time. Oh, good they weren't point. necessarily work dogs anymore. That's a good point because it's no longer okay. The sheep dogs working all day. Exactly. And, and do, but th this one might, might just be a, a companion. A lap dog, right? A lap now dog. we started getting companion animals. Mm -hmm. So if you look back at like the Victorian era and you look at dog houses for them, yeah, there are some amazingly nice dog houses. Yeah. Oh well, I bet. I mean, everything was all gilded and all that. Back pardon, then. The, pardon the terrible fun, but they were they were blessed with creature comforts. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. yeah, like so, I said, 
Well, um, I wish during, I had a rim shot sound effect for that. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't that good of a joke. Don't worry about it, Max. Anyway. <laughs> hey, but, I even asked for forgiveness before I said it. So. Yeah. Hey, but Alan, you know, one thing I did learn in this deep dive was that um, I didn't realize that the uh, that there was actually legislation going back, I think it was even to the early 1800s, about... Um, protecting animals and not just letting them being treated you know, badly and mistreating them. And so the, like the society for the prevention of cruelty to animals goes back much further than I thought. That's it. That's from the 1800s. Yes. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, well, so it's cool to think that people back then were thinking, okay, let's, let's treat them with dignity and treat them with respect, you know? So I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, it's also during this time when you wind up with some kind of weird things like people found out that chickens laid more eggs if you played music for them. Oh, very that kind interesting. Of, I mean, you know, there's lots of really kind of interesting twist, you know, that for the critters you had to live with. Because if you think the Victorian area, everybody had either chickens or geese in their backyard. Yeah. And, you know, if you go back to uh, Charles Darwin's you know, not Charles Darwin's, Charles Dickens. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, and you're you're talking about the the local butcher and all that kind of stuff. Well, people brought their animals from home to him to be turned into food. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, I guess you're right, man. Maybe yeah. you didn't want to get rid of you know Bob the Rooster, but you took him down to see Bob. You know, will take yeah. I mean, you, you took him down to see Carl the Butcher, and Bob became a you know a chicken dinner. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, this was a <laughs> service that was offered, and so you wound up with all kinds of housing. And, you know, where to put the dog, and the dog has always had the prized, we're going to say, point position in our lives with creatures living with us. Well, I mean, because all animals are different. I mean, cats, for example, they clean themselves. You don't have to give a cat a bath. Which right. Is, I mean, mostly, unless they get a, Yo. you know, whatever. Right. But uh, so dogs are different, and then, you know, and thus the, and plus just the history of us, you know, living with dogs and everything. So I guess the dog house just got preeminence. They got you know, I mean, the uh, dogs got favorable treatment yeah. and they got their own dog house. Well, so. And even today where the dogs usually live in the house with us and that kind of stuff, it is not a bad idea to have them a dog house or of one of the things I've seen recently of the dog igloos. Those are good. They keep the, the rain off. They keep everything. the rain. You know, if the dog's going to be outside for a little bit, give them a place to get out of the sun. Give them a little place to go flop down and, you know, relax. And you can also use a lot of anti-insect materials that yeah. you can now purchase at your local feed and pet store that will keep the critter, will keep the little critters off of your pet critter. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, so hats off to the uh, doghouse. You know, the, our salute of the week. Well, Alan, you know who never mistreats animals? In fact, he treats human beings really well as well. It keeps us treated pretty good. Yeah, right? is uh, our good buddy Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration. Um, you know, it's he's he's a busy guy, and it's for a good reason because they they just do top notch work. If you you know the HVAC system, we we think about these things, Alan. There's certain fundamental things you got to get right. You got to oh, yes. get your roof right. You got to get your uh, you know HVAC system right. It's just sort of a central part of the home. And you need competent professionals, and you also want somebody that it, 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 you want to establish a relationship because it's an ongoing thing. There's maintenance. Well, there's you want to make sure it's tuned up, just like you want a good car mechanic. So it, it, you, there's a certain level of comfort knowing that if X goes wrong, I'm going to call. Absolutely, you know, and 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 there's they're rock solid. They're just they they're excellent professionals, and all their all their technicians are really cool too. So the entire team over there is outstanding. And if you need any uh, you know clean air systems with their Remy Halo, 
if you need um, you know a smart home uh, app for, oh, for yes. all of your uh, for all of your needs in the home, which is the way to go. Just give them a call. Brown Refrigeration, outstanding people. You can uh, get in touch with them directly at 901-362-1881 or go to brownref.com. All right, Alan, let's uh, let's shift gears. Uh, uh, it's time to get techie. So mm. I guess it's techie. Um, oh, yeah. You, you told me last night it's time to talk about USBs, and I almost feel oh. like, yeah, I think we're actually kind of overdue for this conversation. So. Yeah, well, let me let me. I'm assuming most people know what a USB is. If you've uh, ever plugged your phone in to charge it up. Or if you saw up. the Batman recently, a thumb drive. Oh, <laughs> spoiler, Max. Okay, yeah. That's not a mega spoiler. That's just a, that's just a dad pun. Yeah, but you're right. So, so what, you know, th- those things weren't in our homes 20 years ago. No. So. Uh, we were we were not equipped for the technological revolution we've been undergoing the last 10 years. But it's really the last five years that everything on the planet has gone to basically a USB plug. Well, I, I got Lamps. a dumb question. What is universal? I mean, what it, it's universal. It's some, a universal what? serial device. Serial device. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wait, device, it, that's B. That would be USD port. Uh, US. I'm sorry. US. What does USB stand for? Device. Yeah. Yeah. Not a device. Uh, I put them on the spot. I actually uh, stumped not, Alan. Yeah. Actually, I just went blank for a second because I remember the, the don't original Google technology. It. I don't care. We can. Anybody can Google it if they yeah. want. I was just curious. But but uh, yeah, Alan, you're right. They these things. Oh, universal it's a universal serial bus. bus. Yeah, that's oh, okay. why it just took me a minute to get there. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I was on the wrong. I was in the wrong cab. All right. But I'm pumped. Sorry, I distracted you. But so, yeah, let's talk about this because in the home, it's, and, and you said you saw. Oh, my gosh. All right, let me, let me, set, let me, let me so, set the yeah. stage. Okay. So, you know, around this corner, I'm walking into a person's office, and I swear it looks like Spider Man sneezed and exploded. Yeah. There are just <laughs> wires everywhere strung across this office, and it was USB cables. And honestly, it was a USB cable to a light, mm-hmm. was a USB cable to a fan, was a USB cable to a phone. There was at least two other unidentified USB cables strung to various outlets and other such around this office. Right. And, uh, you know, she was, you know, just, and it was a very cute little fan, and, but it plugged into the USB port right there on the front of the computer. So you had a cute little office fan that was USB powered and they had a little light that was also USB powered. So it's kind of like, okay, pretty much any convenience for your home, home office or that kind of thing can now be powered by USB. Which means basically though, the power is coming into the computer and being dispersed through you. I mean, it's still getting plugged in. It's basically running on four and a half volts. It's just a different kind of extension cord when you put it that way. Exactly. Yeah. And happily... There are a number of companies out there that make USB towers. Right. And I am going to be a huge advocate. If you haven't looked one of these up or purchased one online or been to a, an electronic store, for heaven's sake, get one of these things for a central location in your house. Yeah. Of Don't, don't die tripping over these cords. No, because um, that, it's... it's it, it is a lot like um, I like that it's minimal because USB cables are thinner. Oh, yeah. Obviously, you can't power everything with it. Right. But I love the fact that a USB cable transmits not only electricity but but information, digital information. Mm-hmm. It's pretty pretty fascinating, honestly. It's, it, like, it, it's an amazing technology that has enabled our modern world to function. However, it has begun to clutter. Yeah. So there, the more devices there are. 
the more need there is. And it, and I'm kind of one of those odd people that 20 years ago, working in offices and stuff, I started putting the surge protector on top of the desk. Uh, because you're always having to crawl under the desk to unplug something or plug something in. or Like yeah, behind your computer? Yeah, behind yeah. the desk and that kind of stuff. I, I actually became a fan of putting the power supply on top of the desk where you can reach it. Right, right. Because you're constantly, constantly moving around. So what I'm going to advocate here is it's time to sit down at your, your work spot. And, and I'm really bringing this up because so many people work from home now. Right. And I have seen some great-looking setups, and I have seen some absolute disasters. And the biggest is all of that wiring. Yeah, now you're making me wonder, Alan, because if, um, okay, it obviously a home that was built, you know, 50 years ago or something that nobody even knew what a USB was, it hadn't been invented yet or anything. But now that you're saying this, you know, if you have a home office or if you're somebody that's using the computer or whatever, you don't know what part of the room you're actually going to need a USB because, and so do you think we'll get to a point where it's going to be um, basically uh, as common as just the electrical box when they wire a house, are they going to put... Okay, here's the electrical outlet, and right next to it is the USB port. And we're going to have, oh. like, 70 USB ports in our house. Uh, oh, oh let, let me just jump you, jump over that and land on it. And I go, know that there are, yeah. There <laughs> are now replacement wall sockets you can buy at your big box store right now. Boom. Yeah. That have got USB ports on them. Okay. And I'm going to advocate, if you've got electrical outlets above a counter. Mm-hmm. You need to go ahead and swap these out and put in some USB power outlet sockets. Now, okay, go ahead, Alan. You're what? making me think of something else, but you, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Well, my only thought was, okay, I wonder if the home of the future. Okay, for example, uh, we 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 go to the Vesta Home Show, right? Yes, and, we do. And one of the great things, folks, uh, uh, with the Vesta Home Show is they build these. Um, they build these brand new homes. They're always state of the art. They're, you know, mm. the latest in design and technology. And one thing that we noticed is that uh, in a lot of these homes, they'd have a big, you know, like a, what do they call it? Like a, a movie room or whatever. Right. They had like a giant TV. They had the reclining seats and they had the surround sound and everything. Well, they didn't have all the cables and everything. They almost had a separate closet behind it. Right. That had your, it was like your, it was like your uh, central computer it of your home. It was basically a server room in your home. Yes. Right. And so I feel like that's going to be the wave of the future, especially when you start talking about these uh, home battery charging systems exactly. and things like that. So I just, I'm picturing a, a certain interconnectedness now with some of this where, uh, where the USB, like in other words, I'm sitting down in the living room and I need to send some information or I've got my printer upstairs in the, in mm -hmm. the other room. And so I you're just, gonna, da, 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 I'm plugged into the you're, USB you're gonna cable pull out here. Your, uh, you're, you're not even going to pull out USB. Or you're just, just go through, yeah. You're just going to pick up your portable computer that just so happens to have a phone in it. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's no longer a phone. This thing is a camera that you can talk to people over. That's true. Uh, so you're going to pick up your device, and if you've got a available socket, let's say you've got a really advanced, one of those luxury chairs. Right. Well, guess what it's going to have on it? It's going to have a USB port. Oh, yeah. The gaming chairs are, oh. you talk about advanced. Oh, my gosh. I mean, they got their own Those sound system. Those are astounding. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but but I think the, uh, I think 
there's an interesting intersection because right now you can you can upgrade your home. You can do yes. things to eliminate a lot of the cables. Like I'm looking around here in the studio, Alan. The wiring here is so much more streamlined oh. than it used to be because, of course, it's state-of-the-art over here at 98.9 The Roar, you know, but it is. it is. It's just you would think there'd be 8 million cables here, but really there isn't. Well, it's very, there very have clean. been in other studios, but yeah. not in this one. <laughs> so um, we'll talk a little bit more about that because the uh, it's it's interesting to talk about these uh, tech updates and how it's affecting not only just the way we live but just like the design of our home. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, at its best, it'll streamline our lives hopefully and uh, not cause the apocalypse or <laughs> robots to take over. That's that's the goal, Alan. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. And then actually, Alan, uh, we didn't tease this, but we've got an interesting little recycling update that mm -hmm. we're going to bring back uh, when we when we when we get back from the break. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio here at News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. We'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. What kind of place is this? News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. Yeah, we, we hear that a lot, Alan, when they <laughs> walk in the door. That was, that was me two weeks ago. <laughs> Absolutely. And welcome back to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry, and Woodturning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max behind the glass. You're introducing me again. Well, that's how we do it after, you know, after the, <laughs> after the show gets going, because we don't want to waste time, Max, like we're, like we're doing now. <laughs> you can <welcome>. call... <laughs> You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And, of course, we invite you to go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and give us a like and uh, check out all the action over there. And speaking of uh, online action, you told me something sort of interesting, Alan. Um, because, you know, all, what's great about radio today, it's so much different than it was in the old days, is uh, you can listen digitally. You can listen to past shows. You can listen to any 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 of our shows that you'd like. Uh, either on Spotify or YouTube, and all of a sudden, Alan, you said there was a lot of action on YouTube. Yeah, this we week. got got some weird spike. Huh? Got a, I don't know. Tuesday was kind of our day, Joe, and okay. suddenly everybody was listening. Uh, lots and lots and lots of hits and downloads. So okay, thank you very much out there. Y'all just keep listening. Well, if you are listening, send us messages, especially if you're from out of state or if you're maybe you live in another country or oh, something. We, it's fun yeah. to hear from those people. So. Uh, one of these odd things in, in my uh, usual day job out there in the real world, uh, I get to talk to New York a lot, and I talk also strangely to the Dominican Republic. Yeah. And, um, you know, big shout out to our friends, friends down there in the DM. Oh, um, yeah. We love you guys. Keep, oh, yeah. keep sending me messages. Yeah, absolutely. And a big shout out to my buddy Jim Wilkin in Chicago. Oh, yeah. He listens every week, Alan, I think. So I think at least I hope you are, Jim. But, you know, so. he says he does. Yeah, <laughs> he says he does. So, well, anyway, hey, Alan, um, before the break, we were talking about, um, well, you know, what started this was you went into an office and noticed all the, the oh, wiring everywhere. And, and it started... Um, a discussion because, you know, even if you go into your car or if you go to your mm. home or there's a lot of things where you have a USB cable or a USB outlet that you didn't um, that wouldn't have been there, obviously, like 20 years ago or something. And it's 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 useful if you use them correctly. If you don't use them correctly, you get wires everywhere and everything. But um, we, we it, it led us to a discussion of maybe what are the homes of the future going to look like in terms of wiring? I mean, it's obviously more than just usb there's there's just all sorts of techie stuff that the problem is though alan technology changes so quick it's like you know well, is there going to be any of these bedrock things where we're always going to have a usb cable or 
I well, I think we're always going to have a wall socket. Yeah, I think of some kind for the foreseeable future. I, I, yeah. Especially once we get into house batteries, oh, uh, okay, that, that's yeah. going to be a big thing. I I cannot I cannot stress enough. The home of the future will have a house battery. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that will free you from various sundered electrical mishaps of the past. Sure, because uh, now you'll have a, a unit that will actually run your house. Yeah, and it will. I'm sure it will connect to your smartphone, and you'll have a thousand apps for a hundred different things that it will do. But the biggest thing to me is that you'll have this buffer between you and the outside world that right. we don't norm currently have. Well, it keeps you off the grid to a degree. You know, it keeps uh, it you a does. little more self sufficient. I think the hot water tank is is due for some upgrades and changes. Uh, because of smart home apps and possible instant on water. All right. Sorry, Alan. You know, uh, folks, if you're new to Tool Talk Radio, you should know that anytime Alan get, triggers an idea, <clears throat> I interrupt him because I'll forget it <laughs> two seconds later. But, Alan, you just made me think of something. So okay. here's the here's the here's my v view of the home of the future, because, you know, like you said, the, the house battery is going to be it's going to be its own thing. Like right now in the center of your home, a lot of people have like a furnace or they have a right. you know the HVAC system. Well, right next to that is going to be your your an, its own closet for yes. your smart. Well, Alan, I could also see um, because one of the things that would be really useful are sensors like sensors on your water line. Like if there's oh, a, yes. if suddenly there's a uh, burst pipe, it'll automatically shut it down so your house doesn't flood yep. when you're on vacation or something like that or sensors there's going to be apps and there's going to be sensors connected to everything and that's going to change the way we wire the house so we can we can work our house from our phone basically so if you mind if don't mind i'd actually like to add a little bit of a point counterpoint to that okay go ahead <laughs> So on the you just wanted to use a sound effect, but that, yeah. that and on the motor mouths recently, I had I'd come in like talking about the woes of Silver Chariot, which is the name of my Jeep, and <laughs> I kind of talked to you about my critique of like cars back then versus cars now. Like I find that the at the, the presence of too many sensors actually is sort of self destructive for the car because if the oxygen sensor is bad as it was on my car, all of a sudden the entire car is just. You know, it's kind of like I'm a, like having like an autoimmune disease or like a allergy like that. Like the body unintentionally self-destructs itself. And even though the body is perfectly healthy and everything, it just reads things incorrectly. So imagine if your home had that sort of defect and everything. It's like hmm. your home all of a sudden spews out like toxic gas or just whatever, like because of a fouled sensor and everything. Let me let me give a counterpoint to that. So no, Max. I okay. I understand your point. Gosh, this this is getting turned into a Here hot debate, Alan. Here but but let me. And Alan's sort of moderating and being <laughs> amused. But let me. Okay, I know exactly what you're talking about. With uh, something goes wrong with your car. In the old days, it's like well, the the, the carburetor fell off or something. Right, you know, because right. it was basically straightforward. Well, now there's a sensor for everything. Yes. And I've I can't tell you how many times I've had a problem where I'm thinking, okay, well, it's it's this, and they're like, no, actually, it's this blah, 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 sensor over here that you got to change. And, right. and so um, I, I see your point. However, I think your house functions differently. A car, what is it, like 400? How, what is a car engine, like 400 degrees or something yes. when it's running hot? So you've got something that's exposed to the elements. It's it's constantly uh, running very hot or it's, it's, it's exposed to extremes like the freezing temperatures outside or the really hot. So I feel like those sensors are going to wear out quicker 
And I don't know if a home is as complicated. I'm just thinking of a water pipe. Like if there's a sensor on on your water line, I just don't think that's quite the same. I so. mean, attics get a little hot and everything, that being said. They get hot, but maybe, we, I don't know. What do you think, Alan? Where uh, do you I, land in this? Because you know, I think there's I'm, room for both. I'm going to land right between the two of you because okay. of... Uh, Max, you do have a huge point. There is a time where you can overdiagnose what you're doing. Yeah. Um, however, on the flip side of recently with a car issue and my, my, myself had a master cylinder that wasn't reading correctly. So did I have brakes or did I not? Yeah. And it took, and heaven help my mechanic, it took three tries to finally get a master cylinder with the right sensor that read things properly on my particular vehicle. So it took a little while, but the sensor did serve a purpose and it kept things nice and safe. Now to look at a house, we have yet to begin to really put sensors into the house. So we haven't had the, you know, how many, uh, I'm gonna pick on burglar alarms. How many burglar alarms have been set off by the cat? Oh, right, yeah. You know, you, you didn't set... But it's actually doing its job, right? It's it, just it high, did, it, it was set but, to... But, to, but uh, the failure is still the same that Max is talking about. The sensor didn't account for the fact that you have a cat. Okay. And it's the or same maybe, thing. You're still getting a failure because of something that was normal to the normal operation of the unit. So the house, the house of the future is uh, going to be safer. I think we're going to have uh, better systems, and I think they're already being developed. We're going to have better smoke detectors. We're going to have oh, sure. a smoke detector that can call you on the phone and say, dude, I smell smoke. Right. right. Um, I don't want it to call me and go, I've been beeping for a battery for two years. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Check I, engine light for a house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Max, in many, many ways, you are dead on the money. Yeah. I just wanted to kind of add this as a funny anecdote, but like what my not to go back to Silver Chariot again, but to go back to Silver Chariot again, <laughs> I'm a, like my check engine light has gone through several cycles. There's the there's the hard to steady one, and then there's the blinking one. And I found out the blinking one is pull over immediately. So what would, what if we had a check engine light for our home and everything, and then all of a sudden it started blinking? Get out of the house immediately. That's well, what we need, man. Uh, yeah. For, well, for, for the carbon monoxide burn, you know. Well, I'm, I'm thinking for all of our listeners in the Nashville area on up of radon gas is something that can invade your home uh, from subterranean sources. Uh, I live in an over and under house. So part of my house, much to Joe's amusement, Max, you ready for this one? Yes, most of much of my house is underground. Big surprise. So, I know. Joe we know where the laboratory so the is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So just to confirm his suspicions of, and when you have homes with subterranean areas, uh, radon gas can become something that could begin flashing and go, no, really, we don't know what's going on, but you don't need to be in here. Uh, we have sources of CO2, methane, you know, uh, picture in Florida, if you had some form of seismic switch built mm -hmm. into subterranean earth movements. Right. At sinkhole. Bingo. Yeah. Sinkhole begins opening up. Well, you might know this a day or two in advance. It might not save your house, save but it you. could save you. It's kind of a similar principle, I think, in Japan, like how they have like earthquake-proof um, uh, buildings and everything. Like imagine adding like a seismograph sort of machine to standard houses and, you, you know, as common as a thermostat, maybe that's how it'll become. 
Well, uh, well, that's actually part of building code in certain parts of the country, up to and including the this area, the Mid-South, for commercial buildings. Yeah. Because we are technically in an earthquake zone. That's true. It's going to happen one day. We're, so. on a, we're under a sleeping dragon. <laughs> we're, 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 we're down at the tail end of the sleeping dragon. You know, Max, so, the other... So yeah. much can happen with a house now that we have, we've lived in kind of a uneasy ignorance. How yeah. do you know your house is on fire? Well, we got smoke detectors. Right. Well, what if we had a heat detector in the attic that went, you know, guys, it's 300 degrees something wrong well how about also a clean air detection like you've got all this stuff floating around that you're breathing in that you may not how know. about you know uh, a radon uh, gas or a co2 detected. or yeah. mold detector um so all of these technologies and, and and folks we're not looking out in the future you can go to your big Probably box here, store right? Yeah. right now right and cobble together these technologies i would say in the next 10 years joe we're gonna see usb ports mm-hmm. on light switches and wall sockets I think you're going to have a USB bank somewhere. Oh, yeah. um, it's going to be three feet Probably up the wherever wall. wherever your home office it's is. It's going to be yeah. wherever, you know. Now, that's the other big thing. Houses being built now and houses being renovated are being renovated to have the specified home office. Sure. Not the bedroom that got converted, but the home office. Yeah. So, I think the house, and also keep in mind, the house 20 years from now is probably going to have a solar roof. Well, that's the thing. We didn't even bring that into the conversation. It's all the, the, the unique new power sources. We don't know if they're going to harm. Once we get the, well, I don't want to get off on a tangent, Alan, but when, once we have better sensing technology, you might have a you might have a subterranean lake 100 feet under your house that you could tap into for your irrigation system. Or oh, something. you mean we like don't they, know. You mean like they do in Iceland for exactly. thermodynamic power? Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, these are not... Sci-fi theories. No, it's here. It, we're, it, it'll be here by the time Max is our age. So, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, by the time Max is our age, he's going to be living on another planet. He'll be. What in, are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but Max, I will say this one. One last thing to circle back to your debate about sensors. I just don't think you can compare a house to a car in Ooh, another way because a car, a car, especially when you're talking about the engine, you're talking about like what three or four feet across by a few feet. You're, you're talking about a very cons- confined space exposed to really extreme mm. temperatures and things in a house is spread out so nope if house I is had, a confined space well, Alan, i'm gonna agree a, with max what if an, what if a, a, a what if you have a sensor for example for your water lines that if, if you get a burst it'll it'll mm-hmm. cl- you know it'll shut it off well that thing could be in the bathroom right next to the faucet or something it could be as simple as you know if it if the light goes on, you you unscrew it and you change it like a spark plug I, or something. I'm going to so. agree with Max. I think the number of sensors and safety devices on the car is going to get rivaled by the number of sensors and safety devices on your house. Okay. And I will assent to Joe and everything because yes, I'm a not only that not only does the car heat up really, but it's also got very fast moving pistons and everything. Right. Yeah. I don't know how many moving parts we have. In a house that or compared fast to that. moving parts in yeah. a house. The, the, well, creepy. in my house, yeah. not so much. I'm old, but you know, in in your well, house, Alan's got you're electrodes young, you know. and all sorts of who knows <laughs> going through there. All right. Well, anyway, that's an interesting discussion. And and folks, if you've got any opinions about that, uh, shoot us a uh, call us or text us at uh, at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And remember, you can call us or text us mm-hmm. any day of the week. You can leave a voicemail. Uh, or a text, and we'll and we'll get to it as we will later when we get to our confession oh, yeah. line, Alan. Because oh, I'm yeah. looking forward to that. That'll be at the top. In of fact, the next we even hour. got a text just now from a 
and it says, what about a future fire sensor that goes bad and sets off a fire suppression system? It could happen. Who, who sent us that? Did they it's leave just it? the number. Okay. It's, well, good question. It sounds like they're they're leaning in with Max. Well, let's let's look at it that way. Okay. Well, in Whoever that case, they, you yeah. would have a redundant system before you activated a system. A sensor for a sensor. Well, what you would do is you'd have to have two out of three that would read the same reading in order to turn on the fire suppression system. Well, here's where you get to here's where you get to uh, use Vulcan philosophy. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, or something. So, in other That's words, utilitarianism. Yeah, would it save more lives to have that? And maybe there's the handful where the sensor does activate the fire suppression system or something. I, I don't know. I, I'm sure there's no perfect solution, but well, I, I I think the right amount of sensors in a home could be pretty useful, personally. Again, there's going to be some trial. There's going to be some error. There's going to be some inconvenience. But overall, um, I'm kind of looking forward to the home of the future. Well, what one thing, dear listener, you know what I would love in the home in the home of my future? I want a force field around my home that I can turn on every time we get one of these ice storms or something. And so when a tree limb decides oh. that it's going to fall, I can activate your the, roof. Yeah, oh. I can activate the force field. It'll bounce it away from the house <laughs> and protect my roof. That would be cool. So the so. deflector shield is quite operational. Yeah, yeah. It, boom. And exactly. So, well, Alan, uh, good, good conversation. But, you know, speaking of roofs, yeah, let's shift say, gears real quick. Let's, let's pick on Jay for a minute because. Yeah. Now, wow. Jay, if Jay Hill is listening with Big M Roofing and Remodeling, I wonder if he's uh, looking into home deflector shields for the roof. That's the wave yeah, of the future, in my opinion. So. Uh... so it's Big M deflector <laughs> shields. On Big M <laughs> but, uh, you know, with the technology we have now, mm. there's nobody better to call than our good buddy Jay Hill over at Big M Roofing and Remodeling, um, especially if, you, if you've got a questionable situation. By, by that, I mean you, you might go, okay, well, we definitely need a roof or we need roof repair. I wonder if our homeowner's insurance will cover this. Mm -hmm. Well, boom, get Jay on the phone because – that he's a former uh, a former insurance agent. He knows all the protocols. Right. And as Alan said, there's nothing more amusing than um, oh getting Jay on the phone with your <laughs> insurance company and just listening to them talk. They quit speaking English. They start right. speaking insurance. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, and because uh, you need an advocate in that situation. And what's great is not only is he a master elite installer, he's got five-star accredited with the Better Business Bureau and good housekeeping, and they install these roofing systems but um, Jay, it's basically a free consultation. If you if you if you have a question about it, mm -hmm. just call Jay. He'll he'll go over there, and it's just fun meeting him anyway. I guarantee within five minutes he's gonna you're gonna know <laughs> the same people. Like all of a sudden you go, oh, you know such and such. Oh, yeah. I know Bob too. You know whatever. He knows everybody in town, and uh, he he puts you at ease, and he makes you realize, okay, there's a solution here, and it might be a, a very affordable solution. So indeed. And also, when you the great thing about Jay is when you uh, when you do get into a situation where maybe there is a roof replacement or a repair, he doesn't say, "Okay, well, I'll see you in three months when I can get you no. scheduled." Usually, he he's pretty quick on his feet. They they act quickly. You know, I can't promise how many days it'll be, but it's it's probably going to be much quicker than uh, you think. They so. did my job with with a great deal of enthusiasm. Yeah, there, there was not a long delay. No, they're great, and of course, as we said, they install roofing systems. It's it's an entire interactive, yes. you know, inner interlocking system, and it's uh, lifetime transferable warranties, which still blows mm -hmm. my mind. So, uh, get in touch with Jay. You can call him directly at nine zero one four eight four. Five six four five, or go to bigmroofingandremodeling.com. 
All right, Alan, um, this is uh, this is sort of interesting. We've got, I guess, kind of a recycling update. We've, mm. we've been talking about, um, you know, trying to be more efficient, you know, in trying to uh, recycle, repurpose, and reuse. And this is one, to be honest, I bet many people who have traveled have wondered about this, and you actually found an answer, and it has to do with hotel soaps, among other things, right? Well, so. <laughs> you know, when you think about our modern world, yeah, and you think about how health conscious we are and all these type things, you really have to kind of wonder sometimes what happened to something. Right. So, and, and or what are they going to do with this when I leave? Like, yeah. Well, exactly. There, there is a lot of people are kind of like, well, you know, you can't put food back. You can't put certain things back. Right. And one thing that of several, several companies got involved in a few years back was, Hotel soaps, just yep. one of these little odd, bizarre little topics, and just what happens to them? Because let's face it, you're only in the hotel for a day or two. Yeah, I mean, for if you most take, of the business travel. Yeah, if you go in there and you take a shower or you wash your hands or something, it doesn't use that entire bar or even the shampoo. I mean, let's face it, Alan, we're not going to use a lot of shampoo. Right, you you need know, to, we travel. Not, we ain't. But but, um, but at the same time, yeah. So then what? It, it, you always wonder what what happens to it. So so what? You you found some answers, right? Well, so. you know, digging through a couple of things, and suddenly you went, okay. So what did happen? Mm -hmm. to all of this yeah and a number of other people have asked the same and the answer very depressingly was it's probably all going in a landfill oh wait that used to be the answer. that used to be the answer so now a a and i'm going to say several different companies of really reached out to the hotels and said look let's cut a deal yeah we'll pick up your soaps and shampoos and stuff like that we're going to save you that much money in Disposal. disposing of this stuff. Right. And every year, you know, it's estimated the hospitality industry alone generates over 400 billion pounds of wow. solid waste. Isn't that something? So, I, I mean, I believe you, th it. Yeah. you think about the number of things that get thrown away out of a hotel. Yeah. So, uh, a guy by the name of Sean. I'm going to mispronounce his name here, Selper, mm -hmm. um, back in 2008, was sitting around, and he just got overwhelmed by this thought. So what are you doing? Yeah. What is, where does all these soaps go? And he was sitting there thinking, all right, well, this hotel has 500 rooms. So that's basically 500 bars of soap a day Sure, that got used once or twice and then went in the trash. Mm -hmm. So... The hotel was more than happy to kind of like, all right, look, if you want the soap, you can have it. Yeah. Yeah, so, what do they care? I mean, you're doing them a favor. And plus, it's a good, it's just a good humanitarian thing to do instead of being so, wasteful. Well, he launched Clean the World. Okay. And what it is, is they will gather up soaps and other amenities from hotels. They will clean them, scrub them, repress them, and then turn them into donatable soaps to clean the world. Honestly, nice. send them out to pandemic-struck areas, hurricane-striked areas, refugees, because being able to just wash your hands sure. becomes a, a drastic, drastic measure. So in keeping with our recycling, repurposing, and reusing, a huge shout-out, and like I said, he's just the first one I found. There are a number of companies doing this. 
I mean, it's a, it's an easy thing, but it's you know, it's a, it's such an easy idea, but somebody's got to take the bull by the horns and run with it. And it's like it's it's one of these win wins. You're the hotel; they're not going to use it anyway, you know, and uh, they're get they're they they have less uh, waste that they got to worry about, and they're they're helping the world. Pretty cool, man. Yeah. Not unlike what we do here at Tool Talk Radio, Alan. We, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Max. Well, Alan, the first hour of Tool Talk Radio is in the can, but never fear, folks. Stay tuned because we got hour two coming up, and we're going to kick it off with our confession hotline. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio here at News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. We'll be right back. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. And welcome to Hour 2 of Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. Here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com and our buddy Max behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And really, you can call or text us any any day of the week, and uh, we'll we'll get the message. And we'll and if it's interesting, we'll read it on the air, like we're about to do, Alan, in, oh, in a yeah. minute. But um, we do like hearing from you. And um, uh, I wish the um, I wish our texter earlier had left a name, but whoever you are, you made, um, you know, thanks for joining in the conversation earlier. Uh, we were talking, it got kind of high tech, Alan. We were talking about USB ports and then it led into an, an, a discussion about the home of the future and a point counterpoint between me and Max. It's Things just, got heated. Yeah. It, it, you know, it got really, uh, really interesting. So if you missed that, you can check that out anytime. Um, when you go back and listen to our past shows, you can listen at, uh, Spotify or YouTube or really any any, any place where your podcast are delivered. Yeah, so if you want to uh, go to like to our for example, go to our uh, Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. Alan links it there. Mm-hmm. Go to tooltalkradio.com. Alan Absolutely. links it there. Or just subscribe to the shows and we'll uh, link it and send it to you. We'll, so we'll deliver. Well, um, Alan, uh, we've got a few things to get to. Of course, later we're going to get to our must-have item of the week. We're going to talk about the role of a contractor uh, shortly. Um, it's a bigger thing than just going there to, uh, you know, here, I'm mm. going to do this for you. And, uh, this is how much it's going to cost. There's a bigger dynamic at play. We're going to talk about that as well. But before, uh, before we get to that, Alan, it's time for the, uh, Ge- uh tool talk radio confession line. Oh, yeah. So I've called you all here because I need some <laughs> honest answers. Yeah, they all kind of broke. So when do I start? There is a basket of oil soaked rags above a wood burning stove your mind you put a jet engine on a lawnmower this time they are going to be held accountable this time they are the ones who will pay wow (laughs) i don't know if this is going to be that dramatic alan i mean this is not you know equivalent to the jet engine on the lawnmower but uh this comes from uh, a female listener first time we've had this but this is something i guarantee well, i'd like to point out 60 to 70 percent of our listeners are female that's what i'm told so, so it's uh know. man send us some messages okay well here here's the confession and i guarantee if you're listening every one of us has done this mm-hmm. uh, i i'm guilty of this myself alan so okay. here we go uh, dear Tool Talk Radio, when my husband and I bought our first house, we painted all the rooms before we moved in. Very smart move, because you're not going to do awesome. it after you move awesome. in. Right. He was brushing and I was rolling. 
On one of the living room walls, I needed to move the drop cloth over, but there was a ladder on top of it and a bunch of other stuff that I didn't feel like moving. So I rolled the wall without a drop cloth. I... Mm. <laughs> Mm. Everything seemed fine until later when I noticed thousands of tiny dots all over our nice, clean hardwood floors. It took forever to clean up, and my husband never let me hear the end of it. <laughs> Caitlin in Memphis. I, Caitlin. Thought it's, I thought it's women that don't forget anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alan, I mean, I can't promise I never did anything like this. Or have you ever had the thing where you're rolling a wall... And you didn't realize it, but somehow the, the drop cloth had scooted away from the wall like six inches oh. or something. And you have a perfect line of, mm. you know, whatever. Mm. So, first of all, you know, Caitlin, it's not it's not the most horrifying thing we've ever heard. But I feel like it's a useful discussion, Alan, because it's very common. I mean. Yes. And, and, yeah. and we're also I'm, I'm just sitting here tips. reminiscing of the thousands of floors. That, yeah. Oh. Well, and sometimes nobody does anything. They just leave it there. They stick a rug over it. Right. Or they just, just that's. You know, I'm not going to clean that up. It's going right. to take forever to, to do that. But, um, I uh, well, for one thing, in, in a minute, we're going to talk about ideas for, for cleaning that up. But, um, Alan, I remember I, I remember specifically somebody told me they, they had hired a painter once, and the guy said, oh, I don't really need drop cloths. I'm very neat or, I don't, or whatever. Mm. I've never heard of that. When you roll a wall, I don't know how you avoid those little you're, splatters. You're going to get speckles. Yeah, even you're if you go get slow, speckles. how could you possibly? You yeah, know. you're going to get speckles. Um, all right. Well, the number one thing I would I would say to avoid the whole problem that I've started doing recently is papering the floor. Uh. I don't even use a drop cloth. I just go ahead and get the sheets of craft paper and tape it down all the way around, and that way the entire floor is covered. Nothing can shift. Nothing can move. You peel it all up at the end and throw it away. Max, cue the uh, point counterpoint music because I might have a. I might. I. I don't know that I hundred percent agree with that, Alan. Because I, let me ask you, you this: did, but... You mean? Yeah. Gosh, this is turning into. Okay, Alan, are you saying because? Uh, okay, I. I think that's one tool in the in the in the arsenal. Right. What if you're working with some oil based paint and and a drip gets on there and slowly penetrates through that paper oh, or. Whatever, and then you find out three days later when you pull it up that you've got a nice, solid, hard-to-remove to paint splotch there. Yep, yep. I, I agree. I agree. I just, you know, when you were talking about rolling the walls, you're not rolling the walls with oil-based paint. You're using a latex. What if you get a big latex drip on there? I don't know. Well, I don't latex, know if that's foolproof, The latex Alan. drips, eh, the paper, I find that a decent craft paper will solve 98 to 99% of your... Latex issues. Hmm. Oil, know. oil. That's a different animal. We we got to talk a little. Oil is basically your door facings. Okay. And and I think you need to you, you need to be very aware of what you're doing. And you're also not rolling oil based paint on anything these days. No, unless you're in. Yeah, you don't yeah, need to. Yeah, be you're not rolling yeah. oil based paint. So right. You know, to solve the speckle problem, I'm going to say go with the craft paper, tape it down, just tape down the whole floor. Don't I don't care where you work and tape down the whole floor. That See, way, when when somebody comes to help, your little fur baby and he steps in your paint and walks away, he'll will walk away on the paper hmm. okay. and leave you cute little footprints. You'll probably cut out and save later. I let's 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 but let's, let's go meet to in the middle, the Alan. Well, let's let's no, the real quick, now. I want to I want to meet in the middle <laughs> on this, so I'm not just being argumentative with you. Let's say I'd say if gauge your skill level if you don't paint very often 
mm. and you're throwing because I've seen people they're they're very messy. If you're a pretty neat painter, Alan's right. technique will probably work. If you're really messy, you better go for the nuclear option. Have go for plastic both. line drop yeah, cloth. Go for have both. the whole thing. Yeah, so. Tape the uh, paper the floor and get the drop cloth. Okay. No one says you can't do both. All right. All right. Well, but now let's talk about how to clean it up. Oh, yeah. Now, Alan, there's many many ways. I don't know. Depending on the finish of the floor. Okay, for one thing, don't bust out like the uh, acetone in a rag or something like that. You know, if if it's latex, like <coughs> you said, honestly, I've had some good results with things like that with a just an old towel and you get it really wet and you scrub it with the towel. But the the, the, the trick with that is, boy, you got to get that water up immediately or you're going to have water damage. You know, it's like a it's kind of like in one hand you have the scrubbing the scrubbing uh, towel, and then the other, you have the other towel to dry it off or something. But it's not perfect. You're still going to get a workout. You're going to be like, uh, you know, Daniel's son from the Karate oh, yeah. Kid after oh, yeah. after a while. But that's that's worked for me. I've had other things, but what I, else? I, I tell you a bizarre one I saw that actually works okay. was a relatively thin shop type towel mm -hmm. and like a t-shirt material or yeah something? the the thinner shop towels not the really thick heavy you know like we're we're protecting you from nuclear devices type right. shop towels <laughs> um and the guy filled it with crushed ice oh i've never tried really and, and he put like a ball of crushed ice in the center of it and got down there with it and just and it's just enough water it wasn't soaking it through but that ice gave it just enough abrasion, it was popping that little latex speckle off like nobody's business. Uh, boy, now you're making me think of something else. Okay, so depending on how hard you you use that, I could see if you went nuts with it, you could leave little grooves or, you know, right. you could I mean, actually damage the floor. But if you had just the right amount of finesse. Right. And I mean, the, maybe I, soft I, ice. I, okay. well, <laughs> Go to the gas station. And well, get like I said, the crushed. Right. Not, not like the big old chunky ice cubes, like you're going to gouge the floor, but the like crushed ice. Yeah. And he was, he made a, made a, a bag out of that, out of that towel and got down there and. Went at it, and I mean, uh, he was putting some elbow grease in, but I tell you, he got all that little speckle up in pretty short period of time. Huh? And I, I, I know. Okay, for something like what uh, Caitlin did, she had it all over the floor for like one, you know, one one wall. Because uh, I know we 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 haven't mentioned goof off yet, you know, or any well, of these. Because that's the a thing about option. those, well, the thing about those, Alan, I'm I'm not as big of a fan in a situation like this because okay, if you get that one drip of oil based paint on a section, okay, well maybe you do something like that. But the problem is that goof off is very oily and smelly and chemically. Because then you got to clean that up. It's not it's not just a matter of you clean up the paint. Then you got to clean up. The goof off. You well, got to clean up the remover and pick the right cleaner because there is now specifically a latex remover by goof off. Okay, good. Specifically for it. Don't get the nuclear right. goof off option, which is the we have no idea what this is, but it's sticky and it has to go. Right. Um, you know, because goof off makes some products that will strip your finish. That's the Anything. problem. You start, you know, you, but, you it'll clean up the paint, but it cleans up everything I, else. I would so, get yeah. specifically a latex cleaner mm -hmm. and a soft brush. My my instincts, the older I get, Alan, are to steer clear of chemicals whenever I can help. Yes. Like if I have a leak in my sink, I I physically remove the leak. I take I I take the pipe out. Right. I do you know, and I don't just dump a bunch of chemicals. And it's the same with with this because. 
that, that little bit of residue that's left there in a, in, in a year or two, you're going to look back and go, why is there a yellow stain on my floor? Yeah. Or yeah. why is there such and such? It's because chemicals, they might work slowly and, you know, yeah. well, yeah, degrade. And, and again, a lot depends upon the floor. Is this VCT? Is it vinyl? Is it floating? Is it fixed? Yeah. Is it, uh, you know, now the, the best thing in the world to do if you, if you're really getting ambitious and you just bought a house, are you changing out the flooring? Well, good point. If you're changing yeah. out the flooring, do your demo, get your flooring that's coming out, out, then paint all of your walls and do all of your ceiling work. Well, you got a concrete. And then yeah. put, now it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because you're going to put point. a flooring back in and all sins of the past will disappear. And if you want to write the next homeowner a humorous message under there, you know, <laughs> I, who am I to say what you should write? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> I can't promise I haven't done that, Alan. It's like, yeah, it's like it's I've, not, I've run into so many strange things doing old houses. Trust me. Yeah, not to change the subject, but you said this, Alan, and I promise we'll we'll move along. But uh, one of the best things you sent me a link where, um, in between those cabinets, you know how there's like a dead zone where there's literally nothing there yes. in a cabinet. Somebody stuck a plastic skeleton yes. in there, yeah. crunched up like a, like a workman that had gotten trapped. And they said, well, somebody in 50 years is going to have a real surprise. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just, you know. <laughs> and I would leave a note that says, just joking, don't call the police. Yeah. You know? But um, anyway, but uh, yeah, we if you've got any um, if you've got anything you need to confess, like we said, we this I think this was a good one, Alan, because I think many uh, of us have been guilty of this. We've all done it. At least yeah. once. Yeah. You've yeah. looked back and and you went, oh, and I was being so careful. Right. You know, right. I was looking for every drip and, and yet one will get you. Yeah. So, Caitlin, thanks for sharing. And uh, if you want to share, you could do it any day of the week. You could do it. Well, you could do it now, but uh, let's let, we're going to move along. So yeah, get it. On. send us one at the uh, Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. You can text it. You can call and leave a voice message. And if it's interesting enough, we'll read it on the air. Absolutely. So, all right. Uh, you know who's never been guilty of something like this because she just runs a very mm. tight operation. She's, she's a, you know consummate professional she would never allow this type of thing in in her <laughs> company and that's cindy williams with shelf genie of the mid-south mm -hmm. well for one thing they don't paint so yeah <laughs> that helps so she's covered there but boy alan um the shelf genie uh, i don't know i want to say the shelf genie universe or the shelf genie presence mm. is ever expanding like people the people, Shelf Genie Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it's yeah. just people are talking about, you know, they travel all over the place. We talk about them going on tour. Right. Oh, shoot, I had their tour outline. I'll, I'll try to find that shortly. But um, they, uh, the, you know, Shelf Genie the Mid-South is a very dynamic company. They, um, they, you know, it's all about solutions for your storage. It's, um, you know, there's so much potential in your kitchen cabinets that aren't, they're not always being utilized. And uh, that's what they're all about. I'm going to throw in not just the kitchen cabinets, but also look at the bathroom cabinets, yep. your pantry, look at your linen closet, and think about the amount of space and air that is inconvenient to get to. Right. And picture in, and not just the, the one of the, I know the one feature I, I've always been most impressed with was anything that pulled out mm -hmm. and came down or lifted up. Yeah. And, you know, being of somewhat limited mobility myself, this is a huge feature. You know, now suddenly the top shelf 
Right. And, you know, and, and a lot of us are not six foot six. Let's face it. Some of these top shelves were designed for giants. Oh, yeah. And now you can reach up and the top shelf can now be fully utilized. You can bring it down to your eye level. Yep. Get what you need and put it back up. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's funny you mentioned that too, Alan, because one of the biggest treatments they do is for the pantry because the pantry is almost like I've seen somewhere there's so much stuff in there. You know that whatever is in the back of that thing hasn't been touched in years. <laughs> yeah. And it's usually food items too. Yeah. And <laughs> you don't want to find that old uh, mm. <laughs> that old uh, mayonnaise jar yeah. that's been in there for six years or something. So it's <laughs> like, you know, uh, they, they help you with all of that. And it just makes your kitchen more efficient and you can spend more time, you know, cooking and enjoying and eating than you do hunting for things yes. and, and, and being mad. So uh, basically, Shelf Genie in the Mid-South, they, like I said, they they have treatments for all of it. And they all, you know, all of their technicians and their designers, everyone involved goes to Shelf Genie School. They're they're highly qualified and the consultation is free. So it's a it's a great idea to get them to, to come out and they're going to look at the kitchen. You're going to look at your kitchen in a new way and see all this great potential. So you can call Shelf Genie in the Mid-South uh, directly at 901-422-8225. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on uh, Tool Talk Radio, or you can go to shelfgenie.com forward slash Mid-South. Or if you're out and about, Alan, so uh, it's kind of a long list. Okay, they're going to be at the Italian Festival Ooh, at, the end awesome. of, uh, at the end of May. May 3rd, they're going to be at the Senior Expo at the Agri Center because we know a lot of seniors oh, yeah. have trouble with uh, mobility, like you said. They're going to be at the Hernando Fair on the 21st. And then they're going to be at the Collierville Fair on the square. And I think that's Saturday or I don't know. It's uh, it's coming up. Just Google it, people. I can't do awesome. everything here. But uh, <laughs> you can catch them on tour and you'll see what we mean, Alan. When you go to the the, the uh, Shelf Genie tent uh, or the or the booth, it's like the party place. Everybody's Everybody's in there. there. Yeah. So. All right, Alan. Well, uh, interesting stuff. So let's see. What do we want to get to? I think. Um, why don't we get to our must have item of the week? How's that? Now, I've already posted this, Alan, so uh, a few of our listeners have checked it out. But I'm actually holding up two things, but just tell them, tell them what I'm holding up here. Uh, so. Basically, what you're going to pitch today is a socket extension. Yeah, we're pitching, the, you know, because we're big. Uh, in fact, let's uh, just for the full effect, let's... Uh, I love. There's a very satisfying sound when you when you're working. <laughs> Two weeks in a row of having I'm a, I'm a, like having the sounds of your tools. Well, it brings it alive, Max. We are an audio medium after all. But Alan, I'm just a big. You know, one thing uh, because I've seen cheap socket wrenches, mm. uh, the handle part, mm. and there's such a small difference in price between a really good one and. Uh, and one that's not so good. And that's one of these, I always say, it only takes a little more to go first class. Yeah. But, Alan, the extender, this is a 12-inch uh, extension for the socket. And, I mean, how many times do you have that really hard-to-reach nut or bolt or something? And, and especially, like, All if right. you're working in on a car my world, or something. In my world, right. every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's such a lifesaver. And it just, it gives you a certain sense of uh, liberation when you can I, I, I know that you're going to be area. shocked about this, Joe. Yeah. I actually have one of my cute little tool belts yeah. set up with a uh, low-power right. screwdriver with the adapter and the socket extension already preset, ready to go when we're changing out of 
per uh, small area air conditioners. Interesting. So really? you just literally walk in with my with my tool belt <laughs> and my my quick draw, <laughs> and it's kind of like, all right, we need to unbolt all of this, and it's just tow 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 tow. It looks like NASCAR. That's exactly so. so yes, yeah. it's, it's a, an amazing tool when you need it. You gotta have it. Well, and I'm also thinking too. I guess it does. It, it does apply a lot in cars, but it also applies to those times where you're working around something. You know, I I I, I would venture to guess that that Larry Brown uses stuff like this Ooh, with the constantly. HVAC. That if constantly. you've got a pipe behind something and you've got to get that extra reach, and all of a sudden, you know, when you don't have to bend and or, or you know climb way into the car engine or climb way back into the to the closet mm-hmm. to replace that pipe or something it's really really handy i just love these things and i've got about i've got a few alan if i if, if it came down to it i bet you i could uh i could unscrew a bolt from about four feet away yeah, if I, <laughs> <laughs> and and all the adapters and everything that yeah. goes with it so you know the sockets you don't stop with just a socket uh oh set. no you need the it's, extension you know yeah it's 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 well and I'm trying to get to where I'm going to say something nice about engineers and designers. Yeah. And okay. then there's times when you look at them and go, what were you thinking? Why did you put this back here? Okay. Yeah, that, exactly. That's where the extension comes in so handy. Maybe they had uh, money invested in the socket, you know, no, socket you <laughs> extension uh, stock or something like that. So anyway, once again, the uh, 12-inch extension uh, for your socket wrench. Oh, so. yeah. Now, and, and there is something satisfying when you're trying to loosen a bolt and you're grunting and whatever, and all mm. of a sudden you hear that little clicking mm. to, to indicate it came loose. Really yes. cool, man. All right, Alan, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, though, it's time to we're going to we're going to um, unpack uh, what does it mean to be a, con, um, a contractor? All right. It's more than just, uh, you know, selling, you know, your services and all that. It's about being a, an advocate for your homeowner. Uh, I guess. Anyway, you're listening to Tool Talk Radio here at News Talk 98.9 The Roar Memphis. I'm going to go d- drink some caffeine and I'll mm. be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. I assure you, Lord Vader, my men are working as fast as they can. Perhaps I can find new ways to motivate them. News Talk 98.9 The Roar. Memphis. I need his guy. I need this guy's help with this show. Absolutely, <laughs> that's a mark of a true leader. He'll motivate you. He'll get the work done. Anyway, welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer Carpentry and Wood Turning. Here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from DarkOakMedia.com and our buddy Max behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989 or go to the uh, Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. Give us a like. I shouldn't say or. I should say and and go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page because you should do it all. Mm -hmm. Don't just, you know, don't just tune in and be a passive listener. Participate in the show. That's what's great about talk radio. You can participate and be part of the conversation and uh you know send us send us uh your ideas send us your thoughts <laughs> i don't know is that a good idea Alan? <laughs> well you know nah, within reason but within uh, reason. we're opening up pandora's box yeah send it over there and uh, also when you go to the uh, tool talk radio facebook page uh there's all sorts of links uh you know we put we always put up our must-have item of the week we put up our uh shows once alan posts them mm-hmm. and they you, you there's links to past shows you can just binge listen oh yes have a lot of fun over there and join the uh, Tool Talk Radio community. So, well, Alan, um, actually, this this was an idea. We didn't do a lot of show prep on this, but it sort of occurred to me this morning in terms of, um, you know, with us being contractors and everything. And I don't know that I teased it correctly, but it's more along the lines of uh, I wanted to uh, discuss a dynamic that I've noticed in in 
as the years have gone by with my uh, contracting work. Mm -hmm. So I will mm -hmm. say when I first started back like in, I don't know, I've, I've been working here in the Mid-South since like 1995. That's when I started full-time being, you know, doing remodeling and, and uh, what I've really gravitated towards now is working outside. I really like outdoor projects and uh, especially to do with carpentry. So mm -hmm. at first, Alan, somebody would call me and they say, I want this, this, and this done. Can you come and give me a quote? And I would just walk in there mm -hmm. and they say, okay, I want this room painted over here. I want this door removed over here. And I want this, you know, deck built over here or something like that. And I, in the old days, I would just look at it and give them a quote and mm -hmm. go along my merry way. Well, lately I've gotten more proactive and I've tried to, um, get a better understanding of what their, what, what like their, their plans are. For example, if you have a newlywed couple, they're going to probably be in that house for a while, mm -hmm. or maybe it's just a starter home that they're going to be there for a year or two or whatever, but, or maybe it's a retired couple or something. And, uh, also just basically looking at the whole state of the, of the house. And so I have more of a holistic approach these days, you can mm -hmm. say, Alan. So I'll mm -hmm. go in there and they might call me. They say, Hey, we want to build this deck over here. And I might, I might look it over. And then in the course of our conversation, it might be, well, have you noticed this problematic area over here by the uh, right. the roof or something? And right. I might we might reprioritize. And then at the end of the uh, at the end of the meeting, I might be giving them a quote for something entirely different. But they're usually happier because you know. And I feel like that's kind of our role. So that's mm -hmm. what I wanted to talk about. You know. Okay, I did my first restaurant in 1982. A restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was a million years ago. Yeah. Of and, and yeah, it, the the thing is, we accumulate so many different little jobs over the years. Yeah, and we see little different tips and tricks. And the biggest thing is the number of people we work with. Right. Because you know, you, you know, this week you're working with Jose. Next week you're working with Bob. Next week you're working with Carl. Next week you're working with Stephanie. You're work, you know. So I mean, all these different contractors with different specialties. Right. And they all leave you with little hints, tips, and tricks sure. that you've picked up over the years and you've seen so many different finished products. Right. And, and when you kind of walk in, uh, I, I'll, pick, I'll pick one just uh, two weeks ago. I uh, got called to a uh, building that is being brought back into service. Right. Uh, the building's been blank. Nobody's been in it for a few years and it's got a new owner. And he's walking around the building with me, and he's honestly looking for, okay, what do I got to do? He's thinking, okay, well, you know, what are the problems in this building exactly. that I got to fix? And, yeah. and, you know, we're standing there, and we're looking, and you can see where there used to be a generator. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, but it's gone. So we don't know what it was. We don't know what size it was. We don't know what it serviced. We don't know, blah, blah, you know, we don't know all those things. But, you know, I whip out my phone. I call a buddy that I know knows these things. Mm -hmm. And the next day he goes out and, you know, the owner of this property is, is freaking out going, Oh, you know, this, this could be, you know, this could be a lot of money. Right. You know, this, this could be in the 60, 70, $80,000 range. And, you know, one conversation later, later with a good expert. Yeah. With the right idea. And suddenly this huge problem is now a really small problem sure. that's only going to cost this much and it's going to be fixed and it's going to be right. 
And now he's got, I, but now what is kind of like when we start talking, the dominoes began falling. Sure. Oh, well, if we can fix this, why don't we look at right. B right down here and what can we do with that? Yeah, I think the idea, Alan, is because if you're a contractor out there and it, you get, you can kind of get into your own world where you take for granted the fact that I know how to rip a wall out and, and build right. something. I know how to do this. Well, the average homeowner or I know somebody that can do it for me. Or right. what, you know, you have all these resources and all this accumulated knowledge, which to you just seems sort of, you take it for granted. Yeah, it, but everyday to, stuff. A, to a, a, a guy that's an accountant that never deals with these and he's got a house that's got a problem, mm -hmm. he, he they may not think of it that way. And so it's really just to your benefit, I think. I've had times where, honestly, Alan, I've gone and consulted with somebody and I talk them out of um, hiring me immediately. Like I say, okay, Personally, what I would do is revisit this in a year. Like, in other words, I would first, if you're going to budget, you know. Solve problem some, A. Solve problem A, then call before me. Before we build right. project because B. you're not doing them a favor if in the big picture, you know, they should have spent money on the roof and they instead they right. spent money on your thing. So, and if you've got some integrity, that's what, you know, that's what you should do. But also, um, what I find too is it just builds a certain um trust with the homeowner when they're when it's obvious you're not there just trying to how much can i rack up here because i i, I know there's those contractors out there that do that that what do you call them the the quick stick and move like they they want that check <laughs> they're going to do their work and they're disappearing you'll never see them again well so. what happens when you don't do that is you wind up way too busy well that's uh, a good point too yeah because this homeowner has family and friends and if you put in a really good patio or you install the uh, dishwasher correctly or you solve that perpetually squeaky door that yeah. just and and it's sometimes it's not even a big job a lot of times i find it's the my i can't get this door to stay open right type job especially for for homeowners in older homes this door always swings closed it's like having a ghost this door always swings closed well, okay, let's diagnose. I mean, is is the floor warped? Is the house falling off its, you know, to one side? Or did somebody once upon a time, you know, when they were a teenager, swing on the door and bend the top hinge? Yeah. Well, they bent the top hinge. It's a 10-minute, 15-minute fix. But now my experience is the minute you do that little fix, mm -hmm. the dominoes begin falling. It's like, oh. Well, well, as if, long as we did we this, do yeah. That, yeah, and that was only this much. Now I can talk about let's let's talk about a garbage disposal. Let's talk about uh, a dishwasher. Let's talk about um, well, let's talk about these LED lights I keep hearing so much about. Sure. And let me tell you, folks, now is a great time to sit down with your your professional. And rethink the lighting in your home. Joe and I talk about lighting all the time. Yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely. Big, big topic. Drastically change how you look at things. But maybe you need that third person's perspective. And and I would say, too, Alan, it's not just for, like, okay, because I, uh, I do a lot of carpentry, which means the carpentry sort of encompasses almost every part of the house. So it, so right. it means that I've done sheetrock work and I've done other, I've, I've even done some tile work and remodeling, which I, I've, I've kind of steered clear of. However, even your plum, you know, your plumber, your electrician, mm. it's not like they only do that. A lot of times they have expertise in some of the other, or at least they have 
somebody on standby. So if you if, if you have, I'm just saying, if you have a contractor visit your house, uh, don't you know, don't distract them and don't make them, uh, you know, don't spend three hours walking around the house. But at the same time, don't feel as if you can't ask them some other questions because they may they may look at that door over there, Alan, that's leaning and say, well, that looks like you might have a foundation issue or, you know, it, 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 it might be a water leak or it could be any number of things. And it's not a bad idea to, to get their opinion on things. So. Well, you know, it's never turned down expertise when you got it standing there. Yeah. And yeah. and here's the great thing. There's no there's no money on the table. There's no dog in the fight here. Uh, sometimes when somebody walks up and they go, ah, you had anybody look at the hand railing going up to your front steps? Mm -hmm. right, they may not do that work, but they may have seen something they've seen at other job sites where, ah, you know, that concrete's starting to crack. You might want to have somebody look at that. Gosh, you know what else, Alan? You know, something else, because uh, we talk about evolving technology and everything. Perfect example. I had somebody, I had a customer who, Gosh, I did work for her like 20 years ago. She, In fact, she was calling me all the time. I was constantly doing, you know, work, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then um, she she recently got in touch with me about um, she had a, it was like a rail. She wanted like a decorative handrail built on, you know, for her front porch or something. And uh, it was a very specific design and everything. And uh, I said, you know what? Honestly, I could do this for you or you could jump on like one of like 50 different websites It'll be half the price, and they can just ship it directly to your house or whatever. And that wouldn't have been the case like 20 years ago or something. No. So the fact that, you know, there's there's other companies that do some of these things too. So, I mean, I basically talked myself out of a little work, but I just saved her half the money. So I think that – I think it pays for itself oh. in the end though because at the end of the day, you want to be a trusted source and – you know, you want people to to respect your opinion and everything. So, well, it, it's kind of like this. It's it's kind of like if you ever want to know a lot of people, you want to be popular, you want to you want to have feel needed, buy a pickup truck. <laughs> really, honestly, buy a pickup truck. Of yeah. let your family find out you know how to change out a fluid master in a toilet. Yeah. You will suddenly be shocked at how many people wiggle the handle on the toilet because they don't know how to change out the fluid master. I mean, I'm already be kind of becoming an expert in how to unclog toilets and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, and Max. Once once that talent gets out, that yeah. you know, you, you know, well, you know, Max just bought a pickup truck. Hey Max, what you doing on Saturday? Of uh, it's amazing the amount of uh, pizza you, you discover that you can be offered. Right, of, right. And when you're in the actual trades, when you're in the handyman business or you're a contractor of, or you're in a, with a big business, don't be afraid to let mention a problem you see while you're there. Sure. And it may have nothing to do with you, but you might be saving your client, you know, a, a $500 job now Mm. Two years from now is going to be a $2,000 job. Perfect example of that, Alan. I was walking around the house once with somebody, and I, didn't even, I don't even remember, to be honest, what the job was that we were looking at. But I walked by, and there was a broken uh, head of a of a like an irrigation system. Right. And a huge puddle of water. Oh, yeah. And, and it was like two feet from the house. So, And they're like, ah, I know. I need to fix it. We haven't gotten around to it. I'm like, I, you know, and I was really encouraging them. I said, beyond the fact that it's going to breed mosquitoes and you're wasting water, I'm just like, look, look at it because it started to work its way under the mm -hmm. foundation. Mm -hmm. And 
a quick little fix like that is going to save him a bunch it's of foundation It's a $20 repair. fix at a big box store right. that could save him tens of thousands of dollars working on a foundation. And on the flip side of that, Alan, I bet you you've seen this as well. You you go to somebody's house and they think they have this catastrophic, horrible situation where it's going to be this really expensive repair and you give them a solution that's like, okay, well, actually, it's not going to be $20,000. If we fix this over here, it's going to be about $500 or something. And that's cool too when you get in those where you can put well, their mind at ease. So, Or you change the scope of the project. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, all right, you do have to replace the window, the soffit, and everything. It did rot out. Right. Now, and the, the next question I generally like to ask is that point is, and what are your plans here? Oh, very good. Yeah. And, and suddenly. Explain you, what you mean by that. And, I think and suddenly they yeah. go, well, you know. I've never really liked that style of window or I've always wanted a better window box or I've always, it's kind of like, well, you know, while you're doing this, mm -hmm. you're already paying the trip charge and the labor. It's only going to be this little bit more to go ahead and get that dream project. So, you know, your, your homeowner repair suddenly becomes a little bit more of a homeowner renovation to a dream. Yeah. Which makes, you know, let's face it. If it's, I, you're making me do this because I got water coming in around the window is painful. Right. No, I'm getting a brand new XYZ brand window that I've always wanted. And I'm getting the flower box right outside the window I've always wanted. Absolutely. Makes it a lot more palatable. Yeah, I'm thinking here, Alan, if you're um, so so I guess if you're maybe if you're a young homeowner or maybe you're just somebody that doesn't deal with contractors a lot because you've heard the horror stories or whatever, you know, next time you have a project that needs to be done, I, I would definitely for one thing recommend get three or four estimates at yes. least make sure you get references uh, from but also pick up on those signals if you get people that are all their, you know, they're only, you know, if their only focus is how much can we sell you, how much can we get you to, right. you know, spend versus somebody that's going in there, like where they almost feel like they're your advocate. Those are the people you want to establish a relationship with. And even if they're slightly higher, it's usually worth the money because they, they may have a network of guys. They can say, I can pick up the phone, especially if you're doing some kind of a remodel that involves a lot of different you know, trades or something well, like that. So, again, Bob know. the plumber knows Carl the electrician. Yeah. And Carl the electrician knows Joe the carpenter. Right. And Joe the carpenter, you know, so, I mean, we, we've all the met. snowball effect. You know, we all know each other, and we all have a hit list of people that we like that we would let work on our own homes. Yeah. You know, so I'll, I'll pick on a couple of our clients. We walk into somebody's home, and we're like, going, okay, we're going to put in a new sink. Have you thought about Shelf Genie? There you go. Well, <laughs> because, honestly, because we deal with the best people here. Well, so, yeah, yeah, just just kind of throwing in. It, it's it's never a bad thing to kind of get an idea mm -hmm. that, oh, well, I'm not necessarily stuck with what I've got. Right. And what I've got may not be a problem. It might be an opportunity. Yeah. Well, that's what, didn't Benjamin Franklin said that every problem is an opportunity in disguise or something, which I, I really believe in that. I think that's, that's, that's how I live my life, Alan. Well, you know, it, you know, there's a part of the yard that is X, Y, Z, and I can't get it to do what I want. Well, okay. What are your other options? Well, but I'd like to put in a water feature. I'd like to right. put in a fire pit feature. Okay. Well, let's, let's walk around the yard and let's see what makes sense. Yeah. 
I guess what we're saying here is let's let's have a more holistic attitude. Yes. If you're a contractor or uh, if you're a homeowner, just like like look at the bigger picture because all these it, things intersect. It's it's one it, home, and you know even if you just have a plumbing issue, it may be involved. You know there may yeah. be other things involved. Get so. your friends and family involved, but also remember nothing is set in stone, and take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah, it's <laughs> your home, it's your project, and it should finish how you really want it to be right to, to meet your needs yeah absolutely so um i think that's a conversation that's going to continue alan i i have to say but uh, i i i've got a thousand stories of walking around buildings with people and going okay let me tell you what the five dollar technology fixes for this right. at the big box store yeah absolutely so all right alan well speaking of uh let's 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 uh switch gears to a shameless promotion let's suppose you need to consult with somebody maybe you have a, a deck or a patio mm. cover or a pergola or something made out of wood for the outside of your house well you can give me a call and you can mm. and you can test me see if i really know what i'm talking <laughs> about here with uh all these other you know uh, all this these bits of advice that, I, that that we give out every week but um no i love ca uh, carpentry work that's sort of my that's sort of what i've gravitated to over the years alan i just like i really enjoy outdoor projects and frankly i like these projects where um it's more of a fun experience mm. like nobody's calling me at two in the morning because they need an emergency patio cover built right it's usually because they budgeted money and they want to improve their lifestyle and they want to have some you know, just improve the value of their right. home. And, and so those are the projects I really like. So that's uh, that's what I'm all about. So you can call me directly at 901-921-7105 or go to my website, doorshomes.com. And uh, if you don't need any uh, work done, if you just need to sit back and relax and uh, watch some <laughs> unique television programming or uh, <laughs> unique content, uh, Alan, what should, what should they do? Well, they can always just uh, take their smart TV or browser and go to darkoakmedia.com. And we have a wide variety of uh, shows from around the world. Uh, some of our most popular stuff is, of course, it came from the international market where the evil producer goes shopping at the international market and the hapless, uh, quote-unquote, volunteers get to eat or drink whatever it is they purchased. You know, Alan, I think you're fun. giving international markets a bad name because the connotation there is very sinister. No, there's it's, a, there's it's a lot of hilarious. exciting things you can get um, in international. It's like you're treating it like the Temple of Doom from Indiana. Yeah, Jones. I mean, it's, that's what it's making me think of. Well, <laughs> you know, it, it, I, I will mention in uh, the horchata episode. Um, <laughs> If, the horchata uh, episode. The horchata episode yeah. where nobody up there knew what that was. And for those of you that do know, y'all all just went, that stuff is really good. It's a lot of fun watching people discover something they absolutely love and didn't know they loved it. You know what it reminds me of, Alan? Not to get on a tangent here, but um, you remember in Harry Potter, they have the birdie mm -hmm. bots, every flavor beans. Yes. You may, you because, um, you know, and they're literally every flavor. You yes. might You might bite into one and it's a delicious blueberry flavor, or you might bite into one and it's a sawdust flavor or yes. something. So it seems like the same experience here where they're, they're, <laughs> They don't know whether they're getting something that's going to be really good or really scary. So. And the big thing is like candy flavors, a candy that you are 100% you know everything about here in the United States may differ drastically in different countries around the world. Sure. Okay. Meaning their local taste and their local desires. So it is a lot of fun sometimes to sit down and try a well-known dessert or candy 
well, this is the U.S. version, and now there's three other versions from around the world. Absolutely. And, of course, it wouldn't be right if you didn't tune into Tool Talk Radio and get Alan giving us a food reference. So, Alan, uh, <laughs> we, 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 we checked that box. So how do they uh, – how do they – how do they find out more? All they got to do is go to darkoakmedia.com and they can enjoy it. And the biggest thing going on is, of course, our show. Yeah. We're, yeah, getting, we're, we're uh, part of that, All too. around the world. We're literally from India to the Dominican Republic to everywhere. Yeah. A lot of fun, man. It, it, the digital, you know, the digital age has its problems, but it's also got some interesting That's dynamics. Great advantages. Play. So, um, and also there's really no reason to tune out of uh, News Talk 98.9, the Roar of Memphis on Saturdays, especially. So uh, right coming up after us, we got the Real Deal Racing Report, Alan, mm -hmm. with Lynn Neal and Rick Taylor. That's always a lot of fun. And then, of course, Motor Mouse. You never know uh, what uh, Ditch and Bud are going to be talking about or who they'll be interviewing. I bet it's cars. They interview a lot of interesting people too. Have you noticed that? And yes. some of these guys, I thought they, I thought I heard one where they were talking to some guy from Australia. They, they, pretty wide ranging. I, I thoroughly enjoy that show. Yeah. So Saturdays, that's what that's that's what it's all about. You know, informational. And then of course, oh, uh, then there's that noon, other show at noon. You want to stay tuned for Geek Tank Radio with uh, our buddy. <laughs> yeah, Max doesn't. But anyway, uh, me and Alan and our buddy uh, Brandon Olmstead, and actually, Alan, we have a special guest coming up from the Memphis Astronomical Society, Jeremy Veldman, the director. Awesome. He's going to get space uh, talk space news with us. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So stay tuned, folks. Go get a bottle of water uh, mm -hmm. and, and get back to the radio. But it's time to get out of here, Alan. So uh, on behalf of my buddy, Alan Gilbreth, and our pal Max over there behind the glass, I'm Joe Thorderson. Thanks for listening to Tool Talk Radio, and we'll see you next week.